Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. So hey, before we step in, I'm going to finish up Galatians so you can begin to turn there if you want. But uh, would, you, would you pray with me? Just let's ask God just to speak to us fresh uh, from his word. Father, we're, we're asking that you speak to us now through your word. Lord, thank you for your move in worship. God, thank you for even the stories that you tied together in just a supernatural way. God, I just thank you so much for the proof for somebody in the room who has been doubting you, that faith is beginning to rise in there. God, thank you so much for the work that you're doing here in this place called Midtown. Lord, we pray over our efforts as we uh, give to foster children. And God, I pray, God, that there would be a ministry uh, unlike anything we could have ever imagined or thought up, God. I just pray that you would take our five loaves and two fish, fish and you turn it into something incredible. Feed 5,000 and more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to be in the last part of Galatians, but as you turn there, I did a funeral yesterday, and I, I learned something there. And I started really contemplating that everybody is looking for the right line to walk. Everybody's looking for the right line. Which line do I take? Where do I go? What do I do? And I go to this funeral, and it's at the Unitarian Church. And I got pulled into this experience, which was incredible for me, because God really opened up my mind and my eyes just to see uh, where we are today. But, but you, I know many of y'all maybe have heard, but like, th- there's, there's a way of this thinking, there's a wave that's happening, and I believe it's sweeping right now, but every way is, is, is the way. Every, your way is your way, and your way is your way, and that's the way. Whatever way you choose is the way. And I want to tell you, the early church, they were called people of the way because they said there was one way. They received the message of Jesus when he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to God except through me. But do you know what every way does? It takes the burden off of us because we say, everybody's going to be fine. It's all okay, and nothing really matters, and we can just chill and sit back and relax. There's no need to pick up a cross. Do you, you know? That's a, that's, a, that's a very happy message, but it isn't the message that's true. That isn't true. We are people of the way, and there is a way. And there is a way who actually wants to bring healing in ways that people think they can find in a different way. But if you're searching for the way, I want to tell you that the way has a name. And his name is Jesus. And he actually wants to be everything that you were looking for. And I promise you this, he's more than you were looking for. He's better than you thought he was. But if you're trying to find the way, it's found through a person. And he wants to bring you in perfect communion with God, the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the creator God. He wants to bring you in perfect communion. And I promise you, Everyone is in search for communion with God, rightness with God, the way. I believe this picture for the last several weeks, if you're tired of it, I'm sorry, but I believe it's just a great example of what it feels like to be in search for the way. Some of us, when we're in search for the way, our life feels out of balance, right? 
So we're desperately insert, we're desperate to search and find the way to find balance in our life. Anybody looking for balance? You need balance? You need balance of your time? You need balance of your job? Family? Anybody? I need balance. And there's usually two different types of personalities who search for balance in two different ways. It's about to fall off, ain't it? There's those who are very passive and there's those who are very active. There's those who are fighters and those who are flighters, right? So some of us, we try to find the way by beating our way to get where we need to go and we're gonna win no matter what. Come on now, any fighters in the room? No, no fighters? Oh, we got a couple, yeah, Jen, you're definitely a fighter, girl. I've seen you. <laughs> you anybody with the fighters? Come on now. We, we gonna be, yeah, we got some fighters in the room. Now, now, a lot of us, we go, oh, that's not me. So I'm, you know, I'm balanced, you know, because I get along with everybody. Did you know that's another form of doing this, though? Did you know passivity is the same exact thing? It's just self-centered in a different way. People think you're so nice and kind, but you're going to push over and do what everybody wants. But do you know who's at the root of that? You. You are. You're still at the center of that world. And everybody loves you for it. And you love yourself for it. You're easy to get along with and you'll do whatever. But there's no, there's no right way for you either. It's whatever. It's so good. So you find yourself really never stepping to the plate, really never stepping in and speaking with any kind of true authority that maybe God gave you. You find yourself slinking in the background and becoming a little bit of a pushover. There's two ways that this thing plays out. And I've only, I realized that I was doing this. I only really pick on my own person. I often speak from my own experience because I'm a fighter. And so when I don't get my way, I get angry and I get frustrated and I get mad. So fighters, y'all understand that. But when some of you are looking for balance, you do it the exact opposite way and you find yourself becoming more of a pushover. You try to make everybody happy in your life. The beautiful thing about the good news that we've been talking about is you don't have to live in those ways anymore. You don't have to be a pushover and you don't have to be a steamroller. Paul is talking to a church and he says, hey guys, you can take your hands off of the scale. You can let go. You can let go. This is what the gospel does through the power of the Holy Spirit. He allows us to let go and I don't have to concentrate on my life anymore, I get to care about somebody other than me. And it's the thing that actually, part of it that brings healing in my life. I wanna pick up Galatians 6, verse 10, or chapter 6, verse 6, and I wanna read through 10, through 14. I'm gonna pick up where TC left off last week. And I thought about leaving this verse off, but I said, nope, I'm gonna go for it, okay? So I almost left this verse off because I don't like it because it doesn't help me. You know, if you're new to church, you're like, oh, of course he wants us to give, you know? <laughs> it's Bible, y'all. I want you to imagine your life trusting other people's generosity for your life. Anybody want to do that? Come on now, any takers? <laughs> Anybody out there? No, no? Okay. I wrestled with fear for a year because of this. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. I'm going to tell you, just from the human part, terrifying. Let the one who is taught the word, share all good things with the one who teaches. I love the word share. 
Do you know why God is blessing you right now? So you can share. Not just with me, but the kingdom at large. Why God is blessing your business, why God is blessing your family, is because he desires to do something in Knoxville that is far beyond, even more than we've ever dreamed up. So what we give to, I give as well. We're going to start with foster kids right now. Would you be generous with what God is giving you, understanding that he's gifted you to share with other people? It's not just yours. You are stewarding what God has entrusted to you. All of these things are from the king of the universe. This isn't yours. And in fact, none of this is mine either. So we live like this and you can keep receiving. Listen to this. But if you close your hands, you can't receive anymore because you've got your hands shut. So guys, kingdom living, we live like this. So God keeps pouring out. And as God keeps pouring out, we keep offering up. You're going to keep receiving if you live life like this. But the second we want to do this, you'll find that things begin to close up a little bit. You wonder why. Because man, listen, the one who's in charge of all that is the king of the universe. He wants to give you, but you've got to let him give you. Would you let him give you? Now, then he continues. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. I just started my garden. Anybody start garden season? Come on now. Three of us? Oh yeah, Quinn, come on. Quinn has built these giant tower gardens. What are they called? What? Tower garden. Oh, I was right. It's a tower garden. But this wildest thing, they got like holes all over and they like grow the plant out. It's so weird. But you're going to have a sustainable garden at your house in towers. So guys, hey, listen, if the economy crashes and we need food, we go to Quinn's house. He's got gardens for everybody, towers for everybody. You know, it's awesome. Incredible, man. Way to go. So special. But I started my garden. And do you know what? If I plant peas, I'm going to get peas. If I plant wheat, I'm going to get wheat. If I plant corn, I'm going to get corn. This is the principle he's talking about. What you're sowing in your life, you are going to reap. You are getting. What are you sowing? What are you putting in the ground? You're getting back what you are sowing. Then he continues in verse 17. No, sorry. Let's go 8 and 10. I want to pause. I'm sorry. Is he saying, is he saying that as I do what God wants me to do, I'm going to get the easy life? I got to pause there for a second. I got to wait. Because at the end of this chapter, he keeps going down. In verse 17, he says this, from now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. He says, listen to me. I have sowed to the spirit and my body has gotten whipped for it. I'll bear in my body every mark for following Jesus. I want to tell you something very true and what Bonhoeffer was talking about. When you begin to sow in the spirit, there is a world that actively comes against. And that's what these guys are talking about. Hey, let nobody talk to me about sowing in the spirit because on my body, I got the marks to prove I'm sowing in the spirit because it's come against me in every fashion, every way. Come on now. So maybe you got discouraged because you started doing the right thing only to find that the world came against you. Guess what? You've entered the trials of Jesus. You got his life. You should be encouraged. Guess what? You stepped in. 
It didn't get easier. It got a little bit more difficult. But that's why we need each other in this process. That's why I step to my brother. I say, oh, you need? I'm in your life. Here I come. You're not alone. I got your back. Now, guess what? Everybody else experiences the blessing. Powerful. We were made for this. This is what he says in another book. He says this something similar. He says, so we don't lose heart in doing this. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That means, guess what? I got the marks on my body, but for some reason, my internal spirit is alive more than ever. Anybody, anybody attest to that? When you step in and you know God's called you to do something, you step by faith, you might get burned, but inside, I don't know why. Like, I feel good about that. I got a I'm kind of alive in here. That's exactly what Paul is talking about. So as you begin to sow in the spirit, find, you just might find that the world comes against you. Be encouraged because the world came against Jesus. If he came against your king, he's coming against us. But guess what? Take heart, he overcame the world. We got hope beyond this place. Let's go. And I want to pause there and I want to see some, that verse. Our inner self is being renewed Day by day, every single day. Can we pause there for a second? I want to encourage you. Every day you need daily bread. God's going to give you enough for the day. You need fresh manna from heaven. You can't save it for tomorrow. You need day by day. He's going to give you here a little, there a little. Some of us want the flow from heaven and a waterfall in a moment. We want the instant microwave. That's not how he operates. He wants to give you enough for the day. And then he wants to walk with you and he wants to give you enough for tomorrow. In the tomorrow, not for tomorrow, in the tomorrow. Enough for the day. So I encourage you, wake up in the morning and then we're gonna keep talking about how we have this time. But you need daily bread so you can have something to give away and nourish your soul. Day by day, some of us are starving because we've been eating the wrong food. Put that food down, the table's a mess, and invite God to give you his food. He wants to give it to you. He will, I promise you. Watch, he's so faithful. He'll do that. Go to him. And I spoke that from Isaiah 28, if you don't know. Here a little, there a little. You can go find that in Isaiah 28. Let's continue, Galatians 6, 8 through 10. The one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. That means your body's going to break down. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Some of us look at that and we say, well, eternal life just means after this life. And some of us don't really care about what God can do because guess what? Really, it's all about the afterlife. And I want to tell you, eternal life starts when you meet Jesus and life enters your soul. The forever life happens now. You're in forever life now. Some of y'all don't expect forever life. That's why you're just sitting back and chilling, not doing much. And you, you, you find yourself, man, there's no power in this. There's absolute power in this. But the forever life is now. Step into it. Receive it. Have it. Live in it. You can and you must. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Ooh, I needed to hear this, man. In due season, we're going to reap. That moment, man, you don't give up. You're going to reap. If, now there's an if, there's a condition. If some of us got, gave up, hey, step back up. Come on, get back in the game. 
Get back in the game. It's not too late. It's third quarter. Get in there. Get in the game. If we don't give up, so then, oh, sorry, sorry. In due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Verse 10. So then, as we have opportunity, and you will find that God begins to reveal opportunity to you in the day-by-day moments. He's going to reveal those opportunities. He's going to open your eyes to what opportunities you actually have. That time is so precious and so important. Spend time with the king. Understand his voice. So we have opportunity. Let us do good to everybody. Everyone. Can everybody say everyone? Who's that somebody you don't want to bring blessing to? Come on. Think of them. Now say everyone. Come on. That was a smile. That was good. Just say one more time, one more time. Just so we hear it. Everyone. As he brings opportunity, and some of us have those tiffs with that person, and we've stopped seeing those as opportunities. Come on now, somebody. Do you recognize the opportunity when it's presented to you? Every encounter is an opportunity. Every encounter is an opportunity. So do good in every encounter. You say, Jay, I don't have what it takes to do, do, do good in those encounters. You've got to have daily bread. You gotta have daily bread. You gotta have daily bread. I wish I could, man, oh, I got a great story from Jamaica about that. Oh, it was so good. But another week, another day. It was so powerful, man. All right. Do good to who was it? Everyone. And especially, I love that, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That means especially the people in this room. Hey, guys, there should be not a need among us. No one should be in need here. And if you are, I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me. Do you have any need at all? I want you to tell me. No one should be in need in this place. Nobody. Nobody. And we're going to slowly transform culture to pry our dead little lifeless fingers off of the stuff that God has entrusted us to give to others. I promise you we're going to do it. And, And listen, you are the most generous people that I have ever had the privilege of walking with. And I wanna tell you that sincerely, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've watched miracles in this room because the generosity in this room, I wanna make no mistake of saying that. In this room is some of the most generous, God-fearing people that I've ever met. And I wanna thank you and tell you, it is one of the greatest honors of my life to walk with you on this journey. I just have to tell you that. And I could not stand on many stages and say that. I wanna tell you, thank you. The honor of my life to walk with you. And I, I mean, I love y'all so much, man. I'm, I'm so thankful. Now, I'm gonna skip down for the sake of time, verse 14. And then Paul brings us to the line that we've gotta understand. And this line, this line right here helps you understand all the other lines But far be it from me, he says, to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The word boast literally means to rejoice. Far be it from me to rejoice in anything 
but the cross. Now, is he talking about like the wood thing? No, he's talking about the principle behind the wood thing. Here's the principle behind the wood thing. Right here. Right here. I don't boast in any of my efforts to do any of this. I'm not, I, I'm not pumped about me because guess what? I didn't do nothing. That's what he's saying. I didn't do nothing. I received everything. Some of us have forgotten this, which is why we're tired, we're worn out, we're burdened, we feel enslaved, and we feel that God is unfair and mean. He's not just. Because we've begun to boast in something other than his work, it's become my work. It is his work. And when you get your hands off of this, you find yourself light and freed up instantly. Some of us are heavy, you can let go. Jay, how do I let go? By faith, let go. Trust him. Bring it to the feet of Jesus and trust him with everything. This, I pray, rests heavy in your mind for the rest of our lives. This right here. I rejoice in this moment right here. My hands aren't on it and it's balanced and level for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Now you're gonna have every bit of power from heaven to do the work he's called you to do. Come on now. I'm free. I'm free indeed. And I am so thankful that the scales have been balanced because how in the world could I ever balance my life out? Anybody tired of listening to idiots tell you how to balance everything out in your life? I'm tired of it. The king balances my life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm balanced and now let's go. I'm, 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 I'm frankly, I'm tired of it. Like, the king balances my life and I am good to go. Paul uses the word cross. And I love that he comes against culture so hard. Because in Roman culture, cross was like, it was almost like unlucky to speak that word. They wouldn't even say it. In Roman tradition, they would actually say somebody is being uh, nailed to the unlucky tree is what they called it. But they wouldn't even say the word cross. Paul uses the word crux. He says, I will boast in the crux that you think is unlucky because there is where I have my hope. And it's not found anywhere here. Some of you are looking for the way here or there, somewhere of this world. And I want to tell you, you will never find it here. You'll find it at the cross. And if you rejoice in anything else, you will find yourself wanting. And here's where we continue to verse 16. And as for all who walk by this rule, what was the rule? Rejoice in the cross. All who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them. He pronounces a blessing. The evidence of somebody rejoicing in the cross, peace and mercy will be upon your life. Because guess what? You will, you will never be able to step into pride if your rejoicing is right here. And I will know where my help came from. And I know I got a lot of mercy. So guess what? I'm going to extend to you some mercy. And I'm going to help you experience peace because I know where to find it. You're listening to all these gurus, these self-helpers, these, these uh, the Enneagram personality. Junk. I mean, whatever it is, whatever number you are, I don't give a rip. I don't give a rip if you know your number. Ain't going to free you. You know what it's told me? Every number. Probably because I'm a three, right? Some of y'all Instagram know that stuff. You can be anything. 
I don't know what I'm going to be. Man, bump the personality stuff. I'm balanced because of Jesus. He's called me in the moment where I am. I don't need to know much outside of that. And I stand on the way because it's the way. Some of y'all need to join the way. And you'll be set free from a lot of other junk that we're walking in because we're not experiencing peace. We're not experiencing mercy on my life. I don't experience it. You can have it. It's a free gift. God wants to give it to you because he's generous. As for all who walk by this rule, you know what that word means? It's the line that a carpenter takes to actually make the cut. It's the line laid for the carpenter. As for all who cut by this rule, peace and mercy be upon you. There was two sons that Jesus talked about who were in search for the rule, the way. And two sons who did two very different things. Some of y'all know this story, but the youngest son, anybody got a younger brother? I do. He would do this. Just kidding. He's not even in the room. I can make one. Younger brother comes to the father and he says, hey, it's my time to shine. I got some work to do and I got to figure things out. So I want you to go ahead and give me my inheritance because I'm going to go my way and figure out the way. My way. I got to go on my way and I'm going to figure out the way. You know what the father does? He gives him that inheritance. And he lets him go his way. The story continues, and it says, when he finally got to the point where he was hungry, because trials hit, and he didn't have enough for the day. The scripture says that he comes to himself. Maybe you're in that moment today, and you're coming to yourself. Even the words that I've been speaking are like, good, you're coming to yourself. When he came to himself, it says he thought. And in his thinking, he said, my dad's servants have a better life than me. Maybe I could go back and tell my dad I'll just be a servant. I'll serve you. So guess what he did? He didn't stay seated where he was. He stood up and he began to walk a little journey home. And I can imagine he was thinking through, what am I going to say to dad? Anybody ever have those moments where you're coming back home? You had a story to tell. You got to get it right for your dad. Some of y'all fighters understand that. He's walking. He's walking. And still says, but while he's a far way off, it says his father sees him. And the heart of the father, I love this. It says, and his dad had compassion. And his dad began to run to him. If you decide to stand up today, where you've been seated, you begin to think maybe it could be different. And you felt like you had to have it all squared up before you came to God. You just stand up by faith and you begin to come to him. And guess what? But compassion of the father sees you at a distance and he ran to him and he hugs him and says, and he kissed him all over. And he says, my son's home. And he says, servants, quick, let's throw a party. My, my son is home. He was dead, but he's, he, he was gone, but he's home now. Let's party, let's party, let's party. Get the, get the best meal up. Come on now. Our father's a partier. I love, he throws a good party. I guarantee it. He was so excited. But the other brother 
was a little bit upset because you know what that other brother had been doing? He'd been working so hard. He'd been slaving and he wouldn't even come in for the party. The dad walks out and says, son, what's up? I can't believe that you've decided to do this for this one who's spoiled your money on prostitutes and wild living like while I was here slaving away. And I want to focus in on what the father says. Here's the father's response. The father said to him, son, you're always with me. You were with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad because your brother was dead and he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. You see, the older brother was doing everything right, but he didn't care about the presence of his father. It wasn't about the love for father. It was about serving father. It was about slaving for father. It was about getting his inheritance because it was still all about him, but he did all the right things. Some of us have gone a far way away from God to do our way. And some of us have obeyed the rules, but it's still all about me. Not about the father at all. And so we're not excited when people come to Jesus. And in fact, we probably haven't joined him in the mission of reaching people for Jesus. We haven't, because we're not excited about his love. I'm serving. I got things to do. I don't want to worry about people. Can I tell you that our father does not want a good slave. He wants his kids to come home. He doesn't want a good slave. He wants to welcome his kids. Would you stop slaving and would you enjoy the presence of the king? Some of us need his presence. Did you know he wants to give you his presence? He's not stingy with you. He wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. But what we've got to do is we've got to let go of the scale and we've got to receive. Give it to me. I'm here, Dad. I just want to enjoy you because he's the greatest treasure of all. If that's you today, would you come to him? Just as you are, nothing crazy, nothing special. Would you come to him today? And listen to this. Would you let him welcome you with open arms? Because that's what he wants to do. If I describe to you working so hard, come to him. Stand up from your place and come to him by faith. If you've been on the way, far away, come to your senses. Step up and come to him. If that's you today, would you come to him? And on the journey of coming to him, he will meet you. If that's you today, would you, everybody, bow your heads and let's close our eyes. And I, I believe in this room, God wants to bring healing in that moment. If that's you today and you say, man, I, I need to stand up right where I am and I need, I need to move. By faith, right where you are, would you, would you stand up and say, I need that. I need that, Jay. I need that. And don't say it to me, but just as a move for the Father. Hey, Father, today I'm coming to my senses and I want to stand up by faith. If maybe you missed your opportunity earlier, I'd love for you to stand right now, right where you are. 